hey, Julie, there's nobody there. Welcome to Hey Julie, a podcast about Big Brother 25 and Survivor 45. Man, we're so old. Hi, it's Brett. Just me right now. I forget which one of our listeners, but whenever it's just me, they write in and they say that it's a drunk Uncle Brett episode, because if you can play it at like 0.5 speed, I sound drunk and like someone's uncle. Anyways, uh, just me right now. I have a weird travel schedule this weekend. Danielle has a weird travel schedule next weekend. So what I think we're going to be doing, because we want to put out a pod for the people. We are the people's pod. We are the people's casual pod. What we're trying to do is I think I'm going to tape like 30 minutes of like Brett from the dome and Danny's going to send me like 30 minutes of Danny from the dome. I have no idea. It's 10.03 p.m. Thursday night Pacific time, uh, Thursday, October 5th. I just watched none other than Bowie Jane win HOH. I am so excited. I ran to my computer. I didn't run. I power walked. Anyways, I had to get some thoughts off my chest. I'm just going to talk a little bit about BB25 for the week. going to talk a little about Survivor for the week. If I have no idea if Danielle, we discussed that this would be the plan. I, I didn't totally get like vibes from Danny. Like she would actually commit to doing this. So I don't know. She might take 30 minutes. I don't know. She absolutely has not done so yet. So I have no idea what she's going to say in hers. And then on top of it, I don't even know if she's going to do it. So like the episode might end and like, it just might be me anyways. Okay. So much to talk about. Um, first of all, don't you love when you're just shouting out David Gordon green in an episode of big brother? No, we're not talking about that though. There is much to talk about in terms of believer spawn con. Um, we got to talk about Thursday night. So, Bowie and Felicia, not Bowie, but Felicia and Mimi are nominated all week. There's a flip. I, I, I'm, I, I'm so beside myself with the fact that Bowie is HOH. Like, I can't even, like, focus on the fact that we actually had kind of an interesting week here in Big Brother land. Mimi, the ghost, RIP, the ghost. Even Julie kind of called her out, too. I see what I see what they say when they're like, eh, Brett kind of just like trout like his the way his mind works. He's just like a drunk person, just changing the subject all the time. Julie called out the ghost. She was like, <laughs> she was like, Felicia and Nicole have two very different strategies. One is very bold and social first. The other is invisible. Wow, what what shade from Julie? By the way, by the way. Julie with the purple dress, we kind of hit a low two weeks ago, right? We hit a low with the bob and with like the jeans. They were decent jeans, but whatever top was happening wasn't working. We kind of hit a low with like Julie's wardrobe at the beginning of this season, like might've been like a 25 season low all time for Julie. Like truly when you hit rock bottom, you're like, I got to change. I got to change. Julie looked good tonight. The kind of maroon purple dress, good hair situation. Not the bob, frankly. I don't know what Danielle's going to say. I know what Danielle's going to say. She's going to give it a hot because it was. It was objectively a hot. 
Felicia, <laughs> Felicia, this is my question to you. Is Felicia starting the fight with Corey? Is this like, especially if she like wins this season, is this like a monumental, like, I'm so fucked. I'm going to continue fucking myself even harder. And actually I'm going to succeed because of it. Is this the like Felicia's funeral, uh, like of Dan's funeral fame? I don't know. I don't know the answer to this. This is the Casuals podcast. What, what I got to say about that fight, though, that was kind of let off the episode on Thursday. It was, first of all, it was great. It was great because Felicia's there. Thank God Felicia's still in the game. Thank God Felicia's still in the game. But first, God. By the way, by the way, I'm going to back it up again. On Sunday night, there was a promo for But First God. But the audiobook version of it, okay, if you don't watch or like you skip through commercials, in the like the middle of the episode, I coming back from commercial, it's like, I, oh man, I need to ask Danielle about this. God, why are we traveling? Oh my God. It's like Julie Chen is on stage, but it's like Sunday night. She's not on the Sunday night episodes, but she's there and she's like, hey, big brother fans, it's me, Julie Chen Moonvez. Yeah, we know. We've been watching you for 25 years. We know who you are. I just love I just love that moment where she's like, hey, Big Brother fans, it's me, Julie. We know who you are. And she's like, my audiobook is available, but first God. And that was it. It was like 10 seconds long. What happened? Whose agent? Julie Chen's agent. What dirt does Julie Chen's agent have on whoever is currently running CBS? Because it's not her husband. Les Moonves, he got ousted. He got me too. Anyways, that was amazing. I just like, I loved this. I love that was just so wild. I've never seen anything like that. Anyways, <laughs> Felicia, where was I? Felicia. Felicia starts this fight, and no one's kind of buying into it, right? But America takes the bait, and Corey's like. Not, he doesn't want to do it. He's like, Corey's like trying to play this cool. And America, who <laughs> has not done anything other than capture the hearts of all of Americans not playing the game of Big Brother, America, she's like fighting with Felicia. Oh, no, actually, you're lying. But America was lying. And Corey backed me up on this. And then she's mad in the DRs that Corey's not backing her up on this. That's, I don't know, America girl. I don't know. I don't know. That was kind of like a, I felt like kind of weak gameplay from someone who I think is, is maybe not the best player, but at least has like, I would say America has a lot of game wisdom, right? A lot of like BB wisdom. She like sees the chessboard, even though she can't like do a lot. Because she's kind of like making out with little boy, little pipsqueak, <laughs> Corey. Um, I felt like a, a rare slip up for America. I thought that was I thought that was kind of strange. But anyways, Felicia has this fight. She's going around saying how blown up is my game. She's basically like, I'm I'm done. I'm out of here. Corey's like, I want to go. You want to go play pool? She's like, I don't play pool. That's a great thing to say, by the way. Someone's pissing you off. Even if they don't ask you to play pool, just be, I don't, I don't play pool. Great. 
great slogan. So they kind of flip it on Nicole a bit. Here's my here's my issue with the Nicole's a bigger target than Felicia. Like I think that was just total like they've been in this house too long and their like brains are like mush and they just overthink everything. That's happened a lot this season. There's been a lot of flips or, or near flips or whatever is like the house knowledge, the house plan on Monday morning is sure to flip multiple times by the time Thursday afternoon comes around, Thursday evening comes around. So I understand Nicole's done like, she's come in like second or third in a few things, but Nicole hasn't done shit this season. Everyone's talking about, oh, Nicole's going to win another HOH. Nicole can win another HOH. Nicole hasn't won any, and I love Nicole. We'll get to the Nicole uh, obituary soon. How can you have an obituary for someone who is already a ghost? I don't know. Um, Felicia was HOH already. She's already won stuff. What are you saying that Felicia can't win anything? I understand she's like an older woman. She's like, she's like not going to, she's not going to be like, obviously she like almost nearly died during the freaking buddy games competition or something like that. But she's not, she's not hopeless. And plus there's going to be like lots of quizzes and mental stuff. She is a air woman. She is a realtor. She already won an HOH. And flash forward to the end of the episode on Thursday, who was the tiebreaker? She got every question right. And if it weren't for my dear, sweet angel, Bowie Jane, accidentally doing the, the like $1 bob on the thing, there's a good chance. There's a 50% chance Felicia was going to win that HOH and send all their asses home. I don't play pool. I don't play pool. So, I mean, do I think that, like, having Felicia around is, like, good for anyone's game? No. Like, I don't, I don't think it was the smart move to keep her around because she is, like, she is such a good player. Um, but I, I mean, I am ecstatic with the result of tonight that we get to see more of Felicia that we're going to have Felicia for, for the rest of the season. Cause even God forbid she goes home this week. She's going to be in the jury house. You know, the jury house is going to be excellent this year. If Felicia's in it, I'll, I'm going to self evict and join her in the jury house. So what an, what an amazing turn of events. Nicole, Nicole, Man, you know what? Good for her. Not only did she get to be on Big Brother for like quite a while, this season has been going on, as we all know, for 14 whole years. People have been born in bar mitzvahed in the time that Big Brother 25 has been on the air. Crazy to say, but it's true. Good for her. She hated everybody. She was a ghost. She did next to nothing to the point that even Julie, as who I mentioned, who does not does not pick sides, does not call people out, kind of called out McColl a little bit tonight. Um, and But she she wanted to go home. She wanted to go back to her assuredly hot husband um, back in Washington, D.C. She's got to fix the government, right? she got to fix the government. We almost had a government shutdown last week. Damn, speakers of the House are dropping like flies. What has changed? What has changed in America? Well, the most important 
cog in the wheel of the American uh, judicial system, government system. She's stuck in a house in Studio City, California. That's Nicole. We need Nicole to get back to Washington to drain the swamp. Anyways. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't believe I'm just like here ranting to everybody. Um, good for her and good for her to get out of here. Like this was the perfect, like, so this is like the perfect situation for Nicole. She got to be on the show. She did well. She's beautiful. She's smart. She can do everything. She was a personal favorite of mine, despite the fact that she kind of did nothing and she gets to go home and she does not have to spend like another four weeks in the house in like Sherman Oaks, you know, reading books and doing nothing. And Felicia gets to stay. <laughs> By the way, going back to the, the tiebreaker, I need to know, I like drop it in the discord the links in the in the description. Hit us on X. Send us an email. Hey Julie Big Brother at gmail.com. Do you think that the rules for the tiebreaker, which is always a, it's always a numerical tiebreaker, that it's always the closest without going over. Do you think that's like a low-key, like little tip of the hat to to prices, right? Like by announcing that's the rule, CBS gets to just Subtly, subtextually remind everyone. Oh yeah! By the way, CB, uh, CBS. That's us. You're watching CBS. Price is right. That's on our network. Remember being sick. Remember being sick and being nine years old. You stay home. You watch Bob Barker. Eat some like hot soup. Watch some cars get given away. Yeah, we have that. Drew Carey's there. There's also a new show. You ever heard of it? It's called Price Is Right at Night. You think that's just like. A little bit of like a, hey, subtle, hey, you know, we got some other game shows here on our network. That's, I don't know, that's my question to you. I don't know the answer. That's my question to you. Bowie Jane, how many minutes, uh, oh, yeah, uh, Jared, um, he was a zombie for seven whole days because he was a, a zombie. He came back on, uh, you know, Thursday evening, and then <laughs> he was sent home. Thursday evening, one week later. How many minutes is seven, roughly seven full days? Bowie Jane, what is your answer? 27, Bob. God bless her. God bless Bowie. God bless America. God bless Australia. Man, I was dying. And then she's like, you know what? Actually, oh shit, I got this answer wrong. Let's put a six in front of that, Bob. 627. But Felicia overthought it. She like 5X. It was like 10,000. Felicia put like 50,000, something like that. Overthought it. And my, oh my. Someone got to tell Bowie G. She's got to play Big Brother this week. This is, this is like incredible. Like for the first time in months, Literal months, literal years, literal decades. We're going to have to know where Bowie Jane stands in the house. She does seem like relatively kind of a straight shooter with her with her DR. She's a straight shooter all season long. She's just like, she needs like very outward public displays of uh, trustworthiness, right? And she kind of feels like she was tight with Felicia and Sari the first half of the game and they've backstab her, left her behind. 
little Corey, little Corey, little America, little Jag, little Matt. They've scooped up the pieces of 36-year-old Bowie Jane. Yeah, you heard that, right? Bowie Jane celebrated her birthday this week. She turned 36. Congratulations, Bowie Jane. I don't know. I guess I would like expect like I have no idea. I know nothing, right? Like I'm off casual. Like I don't watch the feeds anymore. Like there's freaking Survivor to watch. Like there's a lot of shit going on. There's um, it's a lot going on in the world. Um, I have no idea what's happening. But if I were to guess, as anyone could guess, if Bowie Jane does not self evict under the pressure of having to play the game Big Brother, which I would not, I would say is that there's a non-zero chance of that, right? But Bowie Jane, you have to nominate people. Oh, I don't know. You guys can do it. Um, I don't know. Maybe she goes after... How crazy would it be? And Sari, I think, has done a very good job the last week, just like diving into the shadows, melding into the wallpaper. Uh, That, like, Sari, who was such, like, this kingpin that, like, could not be... It was Teflon for the first half of the game Bowie Jane of all people could be the one who gets Suri out because Suri maybe didn't do enough coddling of Bowie Jane so interesting so interesting um uh okay so that's kind of it on Big Brother stuff I we still need to talk about freaking Survivor oh my god um also okay I promised it um Exorcist believer. First of all, I will not be seeing it. Um, Danielle, I know Danielle, Danielle loves horror movies. She probably will. We'll get the Exorcist believer review from Danielle soon in a few weeks. Maybe she'll do it. Maybe she'll do it later this episode. I have no idea. Maybe she's seeing it right now. I doubt she's seeing it right now. She's sleeping right now. Speaking of Sari, Sari knows how to hit her mark, right? Like, everyone goes in the, like, they watch the trailer for the movie, and everyone's like, wow, this movie looks really good. And it's like, well, you haven't seen any moving images. Like, you have not seen anything on television or anything on a screen for, like, months. Of course you think it looks good. And Sari is like, wow, Exorcist Believer looks incredible. There's two little haunted girls in Exorcist? That means there's double the thrills and double the horror. She, like, got her lines, and she just hit her mark. Good (laughs) for Sari. That is a television professional right there you little boys and girls at home who want to be the next maria menounos you better watch sari sell the shit out of exorcist believer i love that stuff i love watching that kind of stuff also just briefly there's this emily dickinson bit on sunday night's episode beauty is not caused it is someone says like this quote by emily dickinson and then cameron Bless his little heart. He's like, he starts mansplaining Dickinson, which he clearly doesn't know. And he's like, yeah, she was this like really famous poet from the 20th century, like early 1900s. Um, Danielle, when did Emily Dickinson die? Correct. Emily Dickinson died in 1886. So she was not a 20th century poet. She was not of the modern era, Cameron. Come on. That's why I'm a Jeopardy champion in Cameron is not. Um, okay, that's it. That's all I got to talk about from Big Brother. Or one, one other thing. How do you kiss washing machine style? 
interesting. I don't know. I don't know. The whole kissing thing with America was like, I was like, I was like confusing. And I was like, I was like questioning. I'm like, have I learned how to kiss? Am I a washing machine style kisser? We, America needs to know. America, the country needs to know. Okay. Jeffy time. Jeffy time. We're at 20 minutes here. Jeffy time. I'm, I'm going to try and keep this to 30 total. Jeffy time. Um, survivor. <laughs> Man, Emily. What a character. What a character. She's doing damage control. She's not very good at it because her immediate damage control is like, actually, I feel you all are gaslighting me. I'm the victim here. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Um, Bruce at camp, like doing funny bits. And his, I tweeted this out. I forgot. That I, I didn't know what time it was. I'm like watching the Survivor episode on Thursday tonight. I was watching it earlier tonight before the uh, Big Brother came out on the West Coast. And it's the middle of Big Brother, uh, the East Coast feed and I think Danielle's like tweeting from the the Hey Julie account and I'm like tweeting out like Bruce memes and I'm like oh shit I realize this is not the optimal time to be doing that anyways Bruce so I stopped Bruce Bruce like wearing funny hats like putting twigs on his hat and being like wow I'm crazy who is it who is it it's the OMG crazy love her meme girl the girl with the bag of chips on her head I love this Bruce doing funny, doing like not funny bits and everyone being like, this guy is the funniest fucking dude in the world. That is so funny to me. When they go on the little boat, when they go on the little boat to the island to do the little like solo challenge, the do or die challenge, the risk it or biscuit challenge, he gets on the boat and he's like, hey, Brando, guess what I'm doing? And he's like doing the robot and Brando's like, Fucking robot. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, brother. That's so funny. I cannot tell what's going on. This is so unbelievably funny to me, though. And meanwhile, during this like montage of Bruce like doing funny faces and doing like celebrity impressions, Katura, first of all, I hope I pronounce I'm pronouncing her name correctly. I apologize. I'll get at the hang of it eventually. Katura who I love, by the way. Oh, my God. She is not having it. She's not having it. And you know what? She sees it as gaming. And you know what? She's right. And you know who else is right? Hashtag Emily was right. I cannot believe it. Emily is like, not my kind of person. But hashtag Emily was right about Bruce. And only Katura knows. When, when the merge happens and Emily's still there, Katura and Emily... They're going to link up and be like, damn, this Bruce guy is not funny. Um, Brandon, Brandon, we couldn't, we couldn't, we couldn't do it. We couldn't do it. Um, Brandon was like worthless. I mean, he finds an idol. He finds the beware idol. And he's like, no, I don't want it. Like, how are you going to win the game? If you don't have idols in the game, like how are you going to win the game? If you're going to just like not participate in attempting to get any of the advantages that you are going to need to win the game. I don't know the stats. I don't know the stats. I'm sure there are stats that like pretty much if you are going to win the game, you, 
of Survivor, you probably need to find some find some bling in the jungle, baby. You need to find some necklaces. You need to find some little idols, some bracelets. You need to make some fake bracelets while you're at it. Take an art class. Um, so that was weird. <laughs> he gives it to Sabaya. Um, she opens it. <laughs> and they find this tree. And uh, they're like, oh, where, well, where's the thing in the tree? They, they can't find it. Brand is like, step on my my shoulders, my back, It'll give you a boost into the tree. And he, just, he steps on it. She steps on his back and he's like, oh, I have scoliosis. That was so funny to me. I believe it was, I, I might be wrong here. I'm like conflating my like Nickelodeon era stuff. I'm not like a remember when sort of elder millennial, but I think in, I believe it was in Rocco's modern life. There was the character who was like, oh, my scoliosis, like a very like nerdy sort of turtle-esque character who was like, oh, my glasses, oh, my asthma, something like that. It reminded me of that. People of the internet, remind me who or what the hell I'm talking about. Um, man, and then Emily's kind of reborn. Caleb takes her under his wing. He's like asking her questions about herself, being like, hey, I know you're just like doing all this stuff because you're like stressed out. Good on Caleb. Like what a great showing from Caleb. Like Caleb's like, his stonk is rising high in my book. Like he knows he's a good physical competitor. He knows how to talk to people. Good social guy. He's rising up my book and then they go on this boat trip (laughs) and brandon's like oh i guess if i am here i need to do i need to do these things and he gets the fucking puzzle wrong he sucks at every he he just sucks at everything like i talked about the last episode like i'm really kind of confronted with the idea of brandon because i just like know my limits physically and mentally i think i'm probably slightly more mentally tough than brandon but Probably not much. Um, and I'm like, my, I'm just like so self-conscious about myself. And I watch Brendan. I'm like, God, that's what I would do if I was on the show. And like, I feel like embarrassed and like, maybe I'm not like a strong enough person or like, I don't have enough like perseverance or willpower. Um, you know, these qualities that I think everyone is like, likes to say that they have. Um, so watching him be so fucking bad is like, oh God, oh God. <sighs> um, and he just like, he could do nothing right. Like he can't do puzzles. He can't do competitions. He goes to the tribal council and, and Jeff is like giving him a, a moment to like, ex- you know, pitch himself. And he's like, I, I'll get a challenge right once eventually. And even Jeff is like, you sure that like you want to say that, right? Like you sure you don't want to just argue that like you're you're the water boy? Like you're you can be a good cheerleader for everybody, you can be a good mental support, you can be a good loyal, trustworthy friend. Stop trying Jeff gave him the out. Stop trying to pitch yourself as a comp not even a comp beast, but a somewhat comp literate person. Stop trying to do that. And Brand, like Brandon, I mean, 
it was fun while it lasted. Like it caused me a lot of stress. And like, sure, it was like a funny character to just be like this clown who's fucking awful at everything. But um whatever. Like, let's get to the game here. Like, let's get to the good people. Like, probably all the I'm really kind of interested in the red tribe. Drew, the tall, lanky fella who's like He's like, oh, well, my legions, my legions of people will be in the kingdom of whatever. I will have a kingdom. That's an interesting character. I want to see more of that guy. It's it. I think all of like the, <laughs> I, we're kind of down to some interesting people, right? Like we got we got rid of two ultimately kind of like fluffy non <laughs> non non characters, non elements in the game in Hannah and uh, Brandon. And you know what? Get rid of it. It's like, whatever, whatever. Like, enjoy, like, not. Enjoy eating. Enjoy sleeping on a bed. Uh, enjoy having warmth and stuff. So, you know, the season kind of just started. Jeff giving out this little tidbit of information that he couldn't do a left-handed layup, so he was the water boy of his high school basketball team. Love it. See, I need to see picks. Picks or else it didn't happen, right? Come on, Jeff. Hit us with the picks. Um. One final note, Brandon's voted out, but there's only two votes. I think only three people voted, right? And I think there's there's like a cut to Emily's face. And it's like, oh, I'm safe, but I'm also realizing that there is probably there because there were only two votes read that likely someone else has some sort of advantage or some sort of like game mechanism that is withholding their vote. So she's like realizing that she's trusted at the same time. She's also realizing I'm not clearly trusted enough to know who among Sabaya and Caleb. And I think Sean is the, the other guy um, who has some other power or, or punishment or something like that. So that was an interesting look on her face, something to note. So I've been talking for 30 minutes straight. I could talk for another hour, baby. Um, I'm not going to. So uh, again, really appreciate you all sticking with us. Um, just travel. I'm traveling. I'm out of town this weekend. Danielle's out of town next weekend. Listen, we all have jobs, right? Like we have jobs. We have jobs. We're busy. She's on the East Coast. I'm on the West Coast. I love you. I'm not getting up at five in the morning to tape a freaking podcast. And I have done that on occasion for this podcast. Um, I'm not getting up at like five in the morning to tape a podcast. So like, you know, at eight in the morning for Danielle, so she can go to work on time. And then Danielle, she needs her beauty sleep, right? She, she's not staying up till 10, 11 PM her time doing a podcast. And she has done that on occasion. So it's hard with the travel. Um, I hope in a few seconds you will be hearing a 30 second or 30 minute crazy monologue from Danielle, much like the one that you just heard from me. There is a decent chance we'll be doing this again next weekend. I apologize. I think Danielle, I, there's a chance that we can do like a regular episode next week. I think there's also a chance that we might have like something special going on for BB finale week in November. Oh my God. Remember, remember the 5th of November. Um, so that's it. Again, appreciate you guys. Hey, Julie BB on Twitter slash X. Uh, hey, Julie Big Brother, gmail.com. I didn't read any questions. I didn't even look to see if anybody sent in any questions. I don't care. That's Danielle's, that's Danielle's business. Though I do, I do run the, the email account. Um, and 
uh, yeah, the Discord. Discord's the fun place to be. The link for that is in the description on uh, Apple, Spotify, what have you. So <laughs> either <laughs> you will or you will not hear <laughs> Danielle. Surely you might just hear the end theme of the show. Um, and that'll be it. So uh, love you all. Thank you all for your patience with us. Uh, these kind of crazy weeks here. Uh, and goodbye, Julie. Ugh, a solo Danny podcast? Who asked for this? No one. And yet it's what you're getting. Hi, everyone. I'm Danielle. Or should I say, hi, Julie. Oh, wait, I should say, hey, Julie, because that's the name of our podcast. I'm alone. I'm alone doing this right now because Brett and I, our schedules just didn't match up this weekend. And so instead of having a witty repartee, we're doing solo pods talking about the same thing. Have I listened to Brett's recording yet? No, no, I haven't. He sent it to me this morning because he recorded his fresh last night after the live eviction, whereas I've been sitting, percolating, uh, letting my emotions run wild and then crest and now come back to a stable place. So his version of this is probably going to be more exciting than mine. Let's start with Big Brother, the show we named this podcast after. So last night we had the live eviction. If you think I'm going to talk about the episodes prior to last night, I'm not because I did not watch them. <laughs> Unfortunately, I find the timing confusing. And Thursday nights are just like, I know they're going to be live. It's going to be on. I can sit down and have faith that Big Brother is on at 9 p.m. on Thursday nights and someone hopefully will be leaving the house. That did end up happening last night. So let's break it down a little bit. Also, I'm just going full spoilers. So you're just going to have to deal with spoilers from the get-go here. So Nicole gets voted out. Nicole gets voted out. And I just, this whole episode, you're sort of like, who is she again? Has a player ever been so completely and totally under the radar the entire season? I guess she didn't last that long. Maybe there have been some players who have lasted even longer than her that you forget about. But like, she really, unfortunately, flopped. Like, we were hoping later in the season is when she'd sort of open up. She'd start making little strategic moves, little alliances, little insights, or maybe win something, get to pull an actual power play. But it just never ended up happening. I will say she looked absolutely amazing. And she gave, I found, a great speech. Both she and Felicia gave great nomination speeches before the eviction. I mean, I always like when someone leaves on a special note. And she did call out Corey in America and fucking Bowie Jane, <laughs> which like maybe if I had watched the episodes prior or if I've been watching feeds at all, which I have not, maybe that would make more sense. But like that felt completely out of the left, out of left field. Why did she slander Bowie Jane's name like that? I understand Corey and America because they're two little sniveling like rats under the covers, just like not winning things, not doing much, but everyone thinks they are. I guess they are sort of sort of stirring the pot. But has Bowie Jane really been hanging out with them that much <laughs> and like enough to be considered the tripod to that twosome? Also, get ready for the fact that like 
I think I'm just going to ask a lot of questions in this podcast because I don't have readier to answer them. And I have done no research. So that's my first question is, is Bowie actually in cahoots with America and Corey? She seems completely innocent to me. Bowie innocent. Uh, But so McCall leaves slandering her name, goes out and has like the interview with Julie where Julie gets her favorite thing this season gets to reveal the Sari-Jared relationship. For some reason, McColl thought America and Cameron were in a relationship uh, when Julie asked her if she thought there was some sort of pre-existing thing going on in the house. America and Cameron. I mean, people in this house are blind. Blind, deaf, and dumb. Uh, But... She gets the character, and we finally get like a very over the top squeal, over the top squealing reaction. She had no clue whatsoever, and she gets her goodbye messages. Again, here's my second question: Is Suri fully logged out of this game? Because in her goodbye message to Nicole, and in like the rest of the episode, first of all, she wasn't really in the episode that much. I don't know if she's doing much in the house anymore. Maybe she's just strategically laying low with Jared gone now, but it just feels like she is no longer an entity there. Like maybe her spirit just isn't in it anymore. She doesn't seem like there's a certain light, a certain sparkle that seems to have gone from Siri, at least judging from last night's episode. And I think that's a little sad. (laughs) I hope she's doing okay. I'm sure she's bummed that her son isn't there with her anymore to share this special experience. But like, I don't know. The fight does seem to have been is extinguished from her. So that's something I'll say about Siri and a question I have. Maybe maybe instead of like questions for the pod, it's like questions for the listeners. <laughs> Let's chat the fight a little bit. I love nothing more than a fight in Big Brother. But unfortunately, this one fizzled out. I mean, come on, it's not a fight if only one person is participating. And we had the spectators. Everyone was watching, everyone except for Sari wanted to like see this first big fight in BB25. Felicia, my love, starting it off by calling out Corey in America. America, you got to give her credit. She's ready to stand there and confront. And I think the ability to confront someone and not be afraid of confrontation is a very key big brother quality. You know who doesn't have that quality? Corey. (sighs) Why did Corey have to blow, like, pop the air out of our only potential interesting fight this season? Why? And it's not even like, it's not a personal fight. It's a game-related fight. I have a lot of faith in Felicia to not make things personal. She was talking about, like, how America was just riding Corey to the end, how Corey was sort of a backstabber. It's all game-related. What, you can't handle even talking about that? He had to try to say, let's go to a private, go to a room and have a private conversation. Oh, do you want to go play pool? I thought that was lame, like extremely lame. It put a bad taste in my mouth regarding Corey, to be honest. And America had her diary room session. She was like, I'm the one getting yelled at by Felicia. Why can't you stay and like defend me? I mean, aren't they supposed to be boyfriend? girlfriend and he can't even stick up for his lady love it was just a very very lame look for Corey. it kind of brought me back to like season or episode one or pre-season Corey, where i was just like he's he's a little pipsqueak he's just lame like i don't he he also 
speaks with such confidence, like, oh, Felicia's not going to win anything. Mimi could win. Like, here's who's not going to win. As if, I know he won one thing, but America hasn't won anything, and he won one thing. Like, you're not a comp beast. You're not even, like, the most influential or what was it most persuasive person in the house let alone in america so quit talking a big game there's just like a condescending a condescension to him i find that's come out recently we need to we need to reel that back a little bit i don't know who's gonna put him in his place i unfortunately think if felicia tried it would probably like go over his head i don't know if it's a matt if it's a cameron but i just need Corey to be brought down a peg or two. I actually kind of want either him or America to go home. More more so him, but it would be nice to see his, like, only ally in the house clipped a little bit. But yeah, like, we had the sniffings, the, the after bits of a fight. Not a full good fight. Okay, so speaking of Cameron, I'm being very open, very honest, very transparent, very raw with all of you. And I'm doing this because Brett's not here to check me, to put me back into reality. (sighs) Yesterday, when Cameron was wearing his sunglasses, his cowboy hat, I was like, Cameron's kind of (laughs) hot. And I hate that about myself. I hate that. But like, you have to admit, he comes across great in the TV show. This is why this is the premier casuals podcast, because no no professional, true fan of the show who watches the feeds, no feeders would ever say that. But this is my true casual look at things, which is that Cameron's kind of hot. And he's coming across better and better on the TV show. I've been saying it. I've been circling it for weeks now. I don't mind Cameron making it far farther. And I repeat, I don't like this about myself. I don't like that this is what I'm thinking. I know if I did watch feeds, I would instantly be brought back to when I did, where I would find him annoying. Speaking of condescending, condescending. But I don't know. There is something. There's something about him these days. I hate to say it, but it's true. Okay, let's talk a little bit about um, the competition. (laughs) This competition was so needlessly complicated and like unsatisfying to watch, the HOH competition I'm discussing. So it's a memory comp where they show like Instagram Instagram pictures essentially and it's like, what's different? Or they ask them like factual questions about the about the pictures, but the questions were like, Izzy's as a pig was facing which direction, north or south? It's like, what? Who cares? That is so not an interesting part of this picture. I mean, I just thought that it was really poorly done. And also, why did they do it points-based instead of just elimination style? Like, you get it wrong, you're out. I don't know. It was just like a kind of a waste of time. And they had so much time left in the episode that I was... Of course, I understood why. That's why they did it, because they needed to fill the episode out. But still, it was very unsatisfying. That is, of course, until very quickly, Corey and America got out. And I was just like, look at yourselves. Look at yourselves. What game are you playing where you think you can look down at Felicia and Bowie Jane and whoever else? Like, they're outlasting you in this competition, actually. And boy, did they ever. I mean... 
you have to picture me squealing in my home in delight <laughs> because it was Bowie Jane versus Felicia. I was like, no matter who wins, I win in this scenario. Especially after Bowie Jane got freaking slandered by Mimi on her way out. But so it comes down to tiebreaker. And it's a mathematical question. Um, how long was the skeleton version of Cameron in the house in minutes, I think was the question. And this is why I also would have done badly at this question. I don't remember this. It also is like kind of complicated, but I do remember them saying it was in minutes. So Bowie thinks about it and writes down 27. Felicia's doing long math. She is doing calculations. The beautiful mind board is lighting up behind Felicia as she's making uh, her answer known. Felicia puts 49,500 or something like that. I mean, it didn't really matter, but like a light bulb went off <laughs> to, in Bowie's head and she put a six in front of the 27, so 627. Prices right rules. She didn't go over. She was the closest to I, whatever it was. Was it 10,000? Who cares? But so what I care about is the fact that Bowie wins HOH. I mean, this will go down in history as the most Australian 45-year-old woman who is pretending to be 35-year-old to ever win HOH in a Big Brother season. I'm just happy I got to watch it live. I thought that was great. It was very satisfying. Bowie's had like such a weird season. People are not nice to her. She also doesn't play the game as far as I can tell, but like now she's kind of forced to. Did we not think, so Bowie's a barrister in her native Australia. She was like a lawyer. Did we not think she should have perhaps been able to listen to the question and understand it a little bit more? Like, it feels like the mark of not such a great lawyer to not have those um, reasoning skills. Just a question. Another question I'm putting out there for the audience. Maybe that's number three. But so, Bowie Jane is our new HOH. Very exciting. I think that's all I have to say about Big Brother. Other than the fact that Julie, I tweeted this, but you really have to hand it to her. She looked absolutely fabulous last night. I loved her dress. It was so fun and flirty and cute. It's so weird. It's like, why is sometimes she dressed like an absolutely fabulous business mom, but like a cool business mom. And then sometimes she <laughs> looks like Julie Chen Moonves at Sunday services, you know, with the like tacky blazer and weird jeans. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the answer. But it's just, it's just I get whiplash from these outfits and looks sometimes. Again, the bangs and the bob are not there. She looked great, though. Her hair looked great. Okay, we need to move on, I think, to Survivor. Let me get my ducks in a row about Survivor. Oh, wait, before I do, we do have a Big Brother question from 306. Do you think Julie had some hot takes for CBS about having an exorcism-based competition? Or did she personally supply all of the crucifixes and other materials to get rid of those demons? So I didn't watch the POV competition that I believe this question is based off of, but I do think it's very funny. Um, exorcist, so when I worked at HQ Trivia, we did a brand deal with The Nun, if you all remember that horror movie. And the way we integrated The Nun is there was a countdown for HQ. There was like a 10, 9, 8, 7 to the start of the episode. And that's when like a lot of players would log in and be there for. So the integration was that there was a jump scare of The Nun. I think either it was in the countdown or right after when there was like a lot of people watching and people hated it. <laughs> it was like... 
<laughs> it was like, people were like, this is a family game. How dare you? But I mean, you got to do what you got to do for those brand bucks, you know? So I can't really judge. As for Julie, did she personally supply the crucifixes? What a weird brand for Ju- like uh, brand deal for Julia to, you know, she did not want anything to do with that. She probably was so mad about this. Like we should not be taking exorcisms in in joy, like having fun with it, making fun movies about it and little comps. There was probably a very heated email exchange. Um, but no, I don't think she supplied any. She didn't want to get near it. And then another question, has there ever been a good movie integration and prize for Big Brother? The only ones I can actively remember are Exorcist, Believer, and Dear Evan Hansen, which have 23% and 29% on Rotten Tomatoes, respectively. What, you didn't love the buddy games integration? What's wrong with you? I'm trying to think of past ones. Like, they've clearly not taken up any of the valuable real estate in my brain. I'm trying to think, was there one for, like, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry? I feel like that's the type of movie. <laughs> that usually gets, it's like, yeah, really bad films are usually the ones. And you just got to love the acting chops that people bust out when they're like, yeah, I thought, thought that was really funny. I didn't know Ben Platt had such a beautiful voice. So I don't think there has ever been a good one. Okay, now we have to move on to Survivor. Twin Star Phil in the comments in the Discord said, let's discuss Brandon's lasting legacy on Survivor. I think we saw a little bit in play already when he took the boat ride to the island advantage and they didn't have to walk up a mountain. It was just a flat walk along the beach. I think the game is forever changed. I mean, you know what? That is really funny and really funny to notice. Um, I can't say I noticed that when I was watching. This episode was like weirdly some more of the same. But then for someone like Emily, I was like, wow, she really turned her whole story around and they they gobbled it up. So now everyone likes Emily. You know who we don't like? Bruce. Bruce fell into the classic survivor trap of being the older man on the group and deciding he was going to give orders to his younger counterparts. And surprisingly, don't like it when you do that. I don't even know if he... like. The problem is he also has no credibility whatsoever because it's like he was only on one episode. It's not like you're in a season with Boss and Rob and he's giving you direction or Tyson or whoever. Like, and you're you're thinking to yourself, it's annoying that they're bossing me around, but they probably know what they're talking about. Like, who cares what Bruce has to say? He also, I guess, is like kind of a clown trying to make people chuckle. I don't know. Bruce, Bruce needs to watch it. Because uh, they're just not loving him at the moment. Yeah, I have to say, I personally found this episode pretty meh because I don't like these like reward, comp- like I don't even know what we call them. Not they're not competitions. They're like little side quests. I, they're, I'm not a fan of like the amount of time we devote to the players going and doing these little puzzles and making their decisions and losing their votes or not losing their votes. Ten puzzles, finding the clue to the immunity idol in the tree. It's just not that interesting to me. Uh, What I do find more interesting is like the depths of human failure. And so let's get back to Brandon. Um, Again, I, I, I thought he came across really great in this episode, actually, just in terms of like 
the cloud, I think, lifted a little bit. Like, yes, he still flopped, but at least he had a better attitude. I thought he, like, seemed really nice, gave some good DRs. I mean, I think he was counting too much on his personality. And as someone who also counts on her personality to help her out of a jam, you know, you have to be a little self-aware because it's not going to get you out of every jam, unfortunately. So Brandon loses the puzzle part of the competition towards the immunity challenge. And so, they, yeah, they're obviously going to send him home. I mean, at this point, they ask him point blank. They're like, what are you good at? Like, he's truly dead weight. There's no point. He bears no ill will. And Emily, you got to give it to her. Emily really pulled through. I mean, I think she lessened her target significantly. And on the other team, I don't know. The only thing I really noticed was like the red team was kind of cute when their friend came back from that little side quest. They all gave him like a big group hug. They were nice to him and that made him decide he could trust them and share the fact that he won that advantage. I mean, that's it, guys. That's really all that happened. I mean, is there? it was not the greatest episode. Let's talk about something more important, which is the fact that there is a new Pet Cemetery film with, I believe, David Duchovny as like the overall wearing neighbor. <laughs> like, I think that's the part he's playing. Who, who said we need more Pet Cemetery? We have the old one. We have the new one with John Lithgow playing the guy who wears overalls. Why did we need another one? I don't think it was that big of a hit box office wise. And even though we all love that greasy cat they used in the promo videos, I just can't believe, I know it's like straight to Paramount Plus. So it's not like, it's not like this got greenlit and some beautiful auteurs movie for theaters didn't get greenlit. But still, I'm like, this IP is beaten and battered and been dragged through enough. Like, we don't care about Pet Cemetery anymore. I give full respect to Stephen King. I'm actually reading a Stephen King novel that he wrote, like, last year. I'm reading. It's called Holly. Did you know Stephen King is still just tapping away at his typewriter every single day, releasing book after book? I feel very confident in saying Stephen King is a more prolific or equally prolific writer as William fucking Shakespeare at this point. Like, no one is out here doing it like him. He doesn't have to keep writing. He is so, so, like, inescapable, hard worker, and he writes hit after hit. I mean, he is a, he's good. He's good at it. I know he's on some, like, misses, but you look at the wealth of material and obviously IP that has come from the mind of Stephen King. And you just have to, I mean, this guy is as big as freaking Aristotle. I don't know. We got to hand it to Stephen King. So uh, will I be seeing, will I be watching Pet Cemetery? No, I won't. I actually found the first film very disturbing, but you know, you just got to give it up for him. Okay. Now, another thing I want to talk about since Brett isn't here to like, ugh, be bored by it is I'm also watching season three of the morning show. And I texted Brad about this and he was like, I will never watch this. But like <sighs> season three is kind of fun. In the first episode of season three, they send Reese Witherspoon to space. <laughs> and then like the episode ends, sorry, spoilers. The episode ends being like, oh no, we lost transmission. Is Reese stuck in space? And I just think that's fun. I mean, if you can't enjoy a moment in a TV show about a morning show 
where Reese Witherspoon plays a morning TV anchor and she gets lost in space. I mean, you don't have you don't have any fun in your life. Hey, Julie, favorite John Hamm is in this season, and he is very hot, very tan. I mean, he's playing like an Elon Musk character, which we hate, but like, I guess someone's got to do it. I mean, this is a fun, it's like truly ludicrous, this show, but I think now they're more aware that they're ludicrous and they're leaning leaning into it a little more. So I'm just saying, if you're missing a certain like good wife meets newsroom meets the Simpsons, because it's just so great. I don't know. It's so crazy. It is so ludicrous. If you're missing that in your life, maybe check out The Morning Show and we can discuss in the Discord. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else I watched this week that is worth mentioning. Oh, another, (laughs) this is another show I watched that I was like, Brett will not care about this, so I can't bring it up. But I watched all of the Amazon Prime TV show Wilderness. And this is another like absolutely cuckoo bananas, stupid characters doing stupid things show. But it was like, kind of watchable. I mean, the effects, speaking of novels, the effects of Gone Girl on like content, TV, movies that and novels made for women, unfortunately is very bad. <laughs> like Gone Girl was a great, great novel and a great movie directed by absolute Hey Julie fave David Fincher. But like the effects that it had is just like people write these female characters where you're like, actually, you're you're really fucking stupid. <laughs> like, why the fact that you're putting up with this makes you dumb. I don't care how many like go rah rah, I'm not a cool girl esque speeches you have the lead characters say. She still comes off stupid. And when you cast a really hot guy as her husband, I'm inclined to be like, no, girl, you're dumb, and your husband is fine. So like. I'm team husband. <laughs> it's just like they really missed the mark. They just don't have the eye for specificity, the interior lives of a married couple, the way that Fincher did and what Gillian Flynn did. So I just, I, I can't say it's a must watch. I would say Morning Show is definitely worth like at least the first episode worth a look-see. But yeah, Wilderness is a skip. And I think I hit all of our questions and comments. I think that's it for me, little Ding Dong Danny. I hope everyone has a great weekend. I hope you enjoy our weird solo pods. I hope Brett didn't say anything rude about me in his podcast. I will be listening later. Um, Hopefully, we'll be back together soon. Thank you so much for listening. You can tweet at us, hey, Julie BB. You can send us emails, hey, Julie Big Brother at gmail.com. You can join our Discord. I love you all. Have a great weekend. Bye, Julie.